Welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Well, good morning, everybody. It is great to see you this morning. Uh, I'm delighted to be worshiping with you, and I'm delighted to be worshiping with you in this new space. It is a joy. Uh, And thank you again to everybody yesterday who helped. Um, That back wall was so dirty, and it is so pretty today. So thank you all for for the ways that you chipped in yesterday to, to make worship possible today. As we begin this new uh, year, in the liturgical year, and as we think about Advent 1 this morning, let me pray for us as we begin. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. Amen. Well, when I was thinking about yesterday and preparing for a new space, there was a lot that went into that. And it's nice to think about the preparation for a new space with the ways that we frame Advent. Uh, Just yesterday, we hung all this pipe and drape. If you're not familiar with what pipe and drape is, that's what that is. Uh, and, And we cleaned that back wall. I mean, up to this point, we had to order things, hire an electrician, install screens. There was a lot in the coming uh, month or the last month that went into preparing for worship this morning and even yesterday spending hours just making sure everything was just so and why did we do all that why do we do all that well one we needed a larger space and the kids in, aren't in here right now but once they get in here you will feel why we needed to be in here uh, and the, the church is growing and so we need Space to make more disciples. If we want to invite our friends and neighbors to church, uh, it sort of felt like we couldn't even do that in the downstairs because we outgrew uh, what we could do down there. We also believe that preparing a space well matters. Uh, you can worship anywhere. This is true. I mean, we worshiped in my backyard. We still made it beautiful, but we could worship anywhere. Um, and we don't just have pretty things to have pretty things, but we are embodied creatures. Um, And our worship is an embodied experience. And so beauty helps uh, adorn the gospel. It adorns the worship of Christ. And so we want our space to adorn the gospel. And, And we're adorning a space where people are going to come and where they are going to meet Christ. So preparing properly helps us together meet Christ in communal worship as we receive Christ in the sacrament and as we see the image of Christ in one another. And we see the gospel uh, adorned in the very physicality and embodied nature of our worship. One might call that incarnational. Uh, And we see God's image in the faces of one another as we come and we worship together in community. And so preparing this physical space, what it does is it reminds us of the ways that we're actually called to prepare our hearts as well. It's not just about the space. We prepare the space to prepare our hearts. And that is what Advent is all about. Advent is all about preparing our hearts to meet Christ. Christmas in our culture can often feel trite, sentimental, filled with hot cocoa. Don't get me started on Christmas trees in the sanctuary during Advent. 
But, you know, Christmas has this sort of, like, wonderful time of the year feel. And, and Hallmark movies and stockings hung by the fire. And honestly, I love all that stuff, so I don't want to downplay it. I, I do love it. Um, but uh, Christ didn't just come to give us the most wonderful time of the year. Christ came to renew creation, to restore the things that were broken. The things that were broken by sin and the, and the flesh and the devil. And so Advent is this really unique short season of waiting in hope. It's a season of penitence. And so this is a season where we have extra fasting and almsgiving and prayer, where we have bodily acts of preparation as we're looking in hope to the one who makes all things new. It's a very unique and a very short season. Each week we're going to light another candle. If it goes out, it's because I forgot to fill those with oil yesterday. So don't let that distract you. We'll see how long that candle goes. But each week we're going to light another candle on our way towards uh, looking towards the birth of the light of the world. And so when we get to that third week, we have this reprieve with the, pit, the rose candle um, as we're getting closer to the birth of the light of the world. And if Advent is nothing else, it is a season to open ourselves up more deeply to the grace of God. In our colleague today, we read, uh, and Nadia beautifully read, Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness. Give us grace to cast away the works of darkness. That work of casting out the works of darkness doesn't happen by our own volition. It's not like I can muster up uh, the ability to cast out the works of, God, of, of darkness and put on the armor of light. The process begins, it continues, and it ends with the grace of God. I need God's grace. And so actually, this is a season of grace. It's a season of hope-filled anticipation where we need God's help uh, for the things, ways that, things that are broken as we look towards the light of the world. And so our passages, uh, a lot of them come from the book of Isaiah, which the church is often called the fifth gospel. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 64, we, where we were today, it's a really interesting passage. If we go back to chapter 63, the prophet has just described all the ways that things are wrong, all the ways that people worship false gods, the ways that sin has broken the people. And then when we go to chapter 65, uh, which our old intern, uh, Grace Brooks, is going to preach on in a couple weeks. We, he's going to write one of the most beautiful oracles of salvation in all of Scripture, except for like the book of Revelation. But chapter 65 is this beautiful oracle of salvation. And, and so Isaiah 64 is in the middle. It's this prayer addressed to God in the meantime. Reverend Tish Warren has this really great new book on Advent, and one of the things that she talks about with the season of Advent is she calls it a season in the meantime, which I really like. Advent calls us to consider, how do we live in the meantime? Jesus has come, right? One of the, one of the folks I was talking with said, why do you make such a big deal about Advent? Jesus already came, right? But actually, it's not just focusing on his first coming. Jesus has come, the incarnate son of God who was born who died, who rose again for us, and who reigns on high. But he's also going to come again. He's going to come again and make all things new. And so Advent focuses on this season of in the meantime, where we are waiting in hope. And so we make a thing of this small season of Advent uh, to remember that we are waiting. There's a church father who, I've, uh, who 
is really enjoyable to read. St. Cyril of Jerusalem, he's got a really helpful uh, catechesis instructions, but also he's got homilies. And St. Cyril of Jerusalem, writing in the 4th century, says this. He says, we preach not one advent only of Christ, that is a coming of Christ, but also a second, far more glorious than the former. In his former advent, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes in the manger. In his second, he covers himself with light as with a garment. So we hear those echoes today when we hear the gospel reading. We hear the echoes of, of, the, of the Son of Man who is coming in the clouds of glory, of great power and glory. That is our hope. And so we begin the liturgical year together by considering the end of the world. It's really interesting. And, and so this season of Advent is really important to observe before we get to the 12-day feast of Christmas, which is a full 12 days. And so things now are not as they should be. Um, but we need to know what those things are. Things now are not as they should be. So we need this season of hopeful anticipation to begin the year so that we don't live a life that is unaware. We want to stay awake, as our gospel passage encouraged us. We want to become aware of where we need God's grace. So don't rush too quickly uh, to the hopeful, triumphant joy of Christmas without a season of preparation. This prayer in Isaiah 64 starts with this request for God to show up in power. It says, oh, that you would tear the heavens open and come down. And that is language of theophany, kind of like you find at Mount Sinai in the Old Testament. This request is for God to show up powerfully. So you hear these images of quaking mountains, flaming fire, boiling liquid. And at the base of this request uh, from the prophet are two important experiences of the prophet in the meantime that I think you and I probably relate to. The first is that our lives and the world around us is really messy. Our lives and the world around us is really messy. And the second is we long for God to come and to make things right. We long for God to come and make things right. So first, our lives are really messy. The world around us is really messy. And, and in this text, what he does, he mentions that all of our deeds are like filthy rags. Um, and, and that we are like dried up leaves. Well, not us. He's talking about Israel and in, uh, in the point that it's gotten to. They're like leaves that have dried up because of their sins. And they're blown away by the wind. And so I think one of the helpful things that as I was thinking about this concept was thinking about the pandemic. When we think back to the pandemic, you and I got to have a window to peer into people's homes, uh, which is super awkward because that's the space where people don't generally let you in. And so as we peered in, in people's homes through a, a screen uh, over Zoom, what we saw was the child who would walk into the screenshot in the back, the cat who would jump on the table and take over the screen. It was a little glimpse into the fact that we're people. And we're people who never really have the ability to curate perfect images of ourselves. Um, the, those images that we want people to see. We're messy. Uh, and it was a helpful reminder that we are messy people making it by God's grace together. And so 
it's a good reminder that we are not curated photo albums for other people to envy. That you and I are messy people, uh, making it by God's grace. And, and this season is a season to powerfully and prayerfully press into the spaces where we're really longing for God's grace to just be poured out on us. Things right now are not as they should be. It's a good reminder. And we hardly need to be reminded of that. When I say that, some of you are probably like, yeah, absolutely. Get it. Don't even need to say it. But I think stating it out loud is helpful because it brings us to this honest place where we can say, yes, there are specific things that are broken. And naming the problem can be really hard because naming the specific thing that is broken involves that work of preparation, the prayer, the fasting, the almsgiving. It involves habits of dependence on the God who cares for us. And those habits start to bring to light through God's grace those places that we can name and say, that is not the way this should be. And that's not popular um, to spend time doing those things because we live in a culture where efficiency is king. Well, it's a type A culture in Northern Virginia, and it feels very inefficient to have to stop and pray, give my time to others, um, to not eat necessarily, or, or to give up something else uh, for the sake of spiritual illumination. And sometimes we, not, we need to be okay with not getting this or that thing done. I'm preaching to myself here. I know none of you struggle with this. But we need to be okay with not getting this or that thing done in order to be present to God, in order to be present to others, and in order to be present with ourselves. And that is a means of accepting the grace to do what God commands. So God, remember, is very patient with us. And as we take extra time over the next few weeks and we cultivate new rhythms of prayer, um, considering times of fasting, considering times uh, to, or ways to give to others in need, those moments are opportunities to say, Lord, um, what am I experiencing right now? Uh, and, and, and there are opportunities to think, where, where do you think that is coming from? What are you experiencing right now? Where do you think it's coming from? And, and we have the opportunity to move past, you know, everything is a mess, which is sort of this nebulous catch-all to specifics. Like, you know, I think my relationship with alcohol might be hurting my other relationships. Or I think I like power too much. Or uh, my anger seems to be constantly disproportionate to whatever I'm experiencing. Or I feel like the way that I'm using my speech right now is not building up other people. I'm starting to recognize people's reactions. Whatever it is for you, it's about arriving at the awareness that um, there's something in life that you are missing or there's something in your life that you just wish you didn't have right now. Uh, and, And coming to the place where you can articulate those things. Articulating those things is a way to articulate the brokenness of the world into which Christ came. And our brokenness connects in, in truth with the world into which Christ came the first time. And the, the one that he is coming into the second time. So Advent is this season that we long for God to make things right again. And that means we're waiting in hope. Uh, and we're not taking spiritual shortcuts anywhere or trusting in things that aren't God And again, yesterday was such a helpful reminder, cleaning the clutter uh, out of this space. 
We got rid of all the things that were not sanctuary uh, to put up the things that are space where we meet Christ. And so we needed to make room for people to experience the Lord together. So we're preparing our hearts in the same way. We're getting rid of the things that are not God to make room for the things that make room for Christ, to meet him. And, and so that's why it's important uh, to keep regular rhythms of prayer where we listen to God in silence, where we hear from his word. Fasting can be really helpful, though for some, maybe not with food. Um, there's something powerful about eating only enough to sustain you, uh, but not eating enough to be full. And if you've struggled with disordered eating in the past, choose something else that might be a good thing, but that you could fast from looking at your phone, watching TV, etc. Get creative, but like something that uh, is a good thing, but that is a part of your regular rhythm where you can throw your rhythm off kilter a little bit. Because when we replace those things that we would normally do with prayer or some kind of fasting or service to others, there is a holy kind of unsettling a holy kind of upsetting of our routines in ways that attune us to God's presence and the ways that he's at work. And so we rejoice in the hope of the incarnation. And we're looking in hope towards this second advent. And in the meantime, he comes to us in these small advents of the everyday stuff of life when we open ourselves up to his presence. Almsgiving similarly invites us into God's work of new creation and hope. When we give towards others, there's a little bit of advent in the darkness. It's a formative way to enter into God's sense of justice. These are all ways that are formative. They're bodily ways to prepare for the hope of Christ. The one who's born for us to die for us, who rose again for us, who is going to make all things new. And we look forward to his coming again. There's a beautiful hope I find in verse 8 of Isaiah 46. It says, Yet you, O Lord... Our Father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hands. And that's the foundation of the request. God is Israel's Father, a caring Father, intimately close, caring for what's best for them. He's the potter who wants to mold Israel into something beautiful and useful. And that is a foundation of trust that's actually undergirding the request that the, the prophet is giving. The prophet registers Israel's complaint for God to come in power because things are broken. And there's a longing for God to change the way that things are. And the reasons that he can bring those things before God with any hope is because God is father. Loving, caring, parent, filled with love for his child. He is the potter making clay into something useful and beautiful. But right now, the prophet prays into the discord of the meantime. And he has to wait. Chapter 65 is going to resolve the discord. It's going to answer the prayer with praise that is so much um, longer than this chapter and more beautiful than the discord that is experienced in chapter 64. But the discord is where we learn dependence on the God who loves us. And Advent is sort of like musical discord. I was going to pick up Andrew's guitar and play a uh, seventh note before that, but I didn't want to be hokey or catchy. So there is discord in music and it needs to resolve. Otherwise you sit there tensely waiting for it to resolve. And so Advent feels like the suspense, 
before the resolution. It's the seventh note before you get back into the first note of the chord. And so in this short season, we learn discord. Uh, We learn the discord of the world into which our Messiah was born. And so as we come to this Advent season, I want to encourage us all to allow ourselves to name the brokenness, to be honest with God about where we are longing to see his work and to create spaces to receive his grace and to trust with hope that the God who loves us and is working for us uh, is doing so for us to be made into the image of his son. So let's start our Advent together, opening ourselves up more deeply to the grace of God. Where do you long for it today? And keep this week, keep that Advent one collect in your hearts, especially in the beginning. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and to put on the armor of light. This is a season to slow down. It's not a season to speed up. Don't be rushed into trite sentimentality, but make space to read, to meditate, to pray, fast, give alms, be present where you need to be present. And press into the discord of waiting in the meantime. Let me pray for us. Almighty God, we need your grace to cast off the works of darkness and to put on the armor of light. So would you give us grace and help us do it? We ask this in the name of Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns. One God in life everlasting. Amen. Amen.